Welcome to The Real Deal with Rhonda, a real estate podcast where we are committed to providing you with real insight into the Atlanta real estate market by sharing timely and relevant information that will equip you to be a better buyer and seller. On this week's episode, Rhonda talks with award-winning custom home builder, Austin Lineberry. Austin answers some of the most commonly asked questions when it comes to custom homes and talks about what sets New River Building Company apart from the rest. This is The Real Deal with Rhonda. Welcome to The Real Deal with Rhonda. I'm your host, Rhonda Heron, and we are here today with my friend Austin Lineberry. Austin uh, is a custom home builder with New River Building Company. Austin, welcome. We're excited to have you. Yeah, thanks for having me on your show. Yes. So um, Austin is an amazing builder, um, OB award-winning company. He's currently um, serving as the sitting president of the North Fulton chapter of the right. Greater Atlanta Home Builders Association. So um, when I was thinking about who can I get to come on the show and talk about custom home building, you were the first one to come to mind. So we appreciate you taking a few yeah. minutes out of your day. Thank and you. This is great. This. So um, Austin, w- one thing we've been talking a lot about um, on the podcast and um, just in the real estate industry is just the lack of inventory. Um, mm-hmm. This past year, we have so many home buyers who are out in the market taking advantage of low interest rates but just record low inventory. And so now we're getting clients saying, gosh, you know, maybe this is a great time to build. We'd love to build a home. And they know a little bit about it. Maybe they've done it in years past, but there's a lot of, I'm finding a lot of questions about the process, particularly when it, as it relates to custom home building. So we'll share some of that with our listeners today. So do you want to tell us a little bit about you and your background and how you came into home building? Yeah. Thank you. Um, so I've been building for 16 years. I mm-hmm. uh, moved to Atlanta from Virginia and married a sweet lady from Duluth. And so her father was a home builder and introduced me into the business. Um, okay. I have a background in agriculture and uh, futures trading. So I moved here and uh, quickly fell in love with home building. And after uh, I worked for her father, unfortunately, he, he had passed about a year after we got married. And so um, he introduced me to the business, and I was super, super grateful for that. But then I started working for a friend of his uh, in the production side of things. So uh, at a very young age, they put me in charge of two neighborhoods and um, (laughs) did everything I could to prove myself. And then we had a a market that fell in 2008, and that (laughs) that company ended up shutting its doors, unfortunately. But it gave me an opportunity to start New River. So... uh, in the middle of the last recession, I started the company and remodeled, and I tell people, I do whatever you want me to. If you want me to wash your car and remodel your bathroom, I would do it. <laughs> I could do it all. Just anything to make money uh, during that time. But it was it was a blessing um, because of where we are today. Yes. And uh, for a short stint in there, I worked for another custom home builder and general contractor as a senior project manager and was introduced to the high-end world of things. So, yes. Um, I love that I've had the opportunity to build everything from quarter million up to seven plus million. Um, it's it's really, really cool. Yes. And uh, has given me a great broad experience. I love that about your background, that you've really seen every side of, of the home building business and you bring that expertise to your clients who come to you today. Yeah, absolutely. Um, before we jump into sort of the step-by-step of custom home building, explain a little bit the difference between... You know, when people say, I I think I want to buy a new home or build a new home, on the one hand, we have 
you know, maybe a new home development, a new home community, somebody's driving around town and they see the mm-hmm. sign, you know, from sure. the 900s and they pull in and that's a, you know, a pre-planned subdivision per right. se versus, gee, I want to go out and buy some land and find a custom home builder. So right. maybe a little bit about the differences between those two. Yeah. Um, so the cool thing about where we live is there's two opportunities. I mean, the demand is so high that somebody can find um, – what fits their budget and lifestyle. We have uh, clients who, and friends even, that that desire to live in a neighborhood, and then we have people who desire to live on private property. And um, the one thing that we get asked a lot is about costing. And I think that that we help guide people to understand what the differences are of cost and what you get for your money. So when a big developer will develop a piece of land and put in more homes, there's more economies of scale. So let's say an average 3,500 square foot house, for instance. Uh, if somebody were to go into one of the, the production type neighborhoods or national or regional builder, they're going to be able to get that 3,500 square foot home for a better cost per square foot than if we were to build custom. Yes. But the trade-off is that in custom, you get to pick what you want and right. kind of tailor it to to your tastes and desires and dreams and everything. Uh, not to say that you can't do that with a product that is offered to market, but I think where the delineation comes in is is semi-custom mm-hmm. or customized homes versus true custom true homes. Custom. So define the difference. That's a good, and then we'll jump into the whole custom process because there are a number of, I guess what we call semi-custom opportunities right. out there that versus a true custom home? What, what are the differences? Right. I mean, I think it's great that there's different offerings in our market, right? Because mm-hmm. it, it fits different buyers. And so the semi-custom is where uh, you take a, a bigger developer or builder, they offer a showroom uh, or a design center, right? And so people get to go in and modify finishes within limitations. Yeah. So you are getting to put your stamp on it, but be limited where in custom, um, we do have budgets that we defined and we have allowances, but the sky's the limit, right? Mm-hmm. So we have to work hard to be diligent in our budget, but people can choose to go over that if they would like and truly tailor it to their greatest vision. Um, and I think that's the biggest difference. So going back to the costing, because people ask us this a lot, um, that's why when you get into custom, it shifts over. And, and and a lot of buyers try to wrap their mind around that or clients of, okay, why is it so much more expensive for the same square footage? And it's like, well, it's truly that customized experience and efficiency of the actual fundamental of the home. So with the, with the neighborhood, you'll find um, repetitive plans, which is fine, and you'll find um, variations of elevations and styles. But then with the custom, it's, it's truly open-ended where you may get four different types of styles that are all the same square footage. So then the cost is going to vary. Yes. Right. Um, if a client were to call and say, okay, we're, we're ready, you know, we want to do this, we want to build a custom home, let's walk through the steps. What would be the very first step in the process as I'm thinking, okay, yeah, I want to do this, but where do I begin? Yeah, that's a great question. And um, we we have used in a football analogy before with people to mm-hmm. say it's very important to assemble your team. And uh, not that there's any one way right to do it. We just found that our way works well mm-hmm. and people respond well to it. 
so we we stick to that track. Um, so with the football analogy, we look at it as, okay, we are the quarterback and you're assembling the team. And so it's our obligation for you to serve you and to serve the role of orchestrating that team. The team. Yeah. yeah, so you have the architect, the you have the designer, and you have the real estate agents who mm-hmm. are acquiring the land. So we think it's extremely important to uh, people sometimes will go to one or the other first and get going down a track with that, which is fine. Um, but we found over time and experience that when you vet out each of these people, each of these professionals, and you trust them and you you know that that's the person that you want to use, the sooner that you commit to them, the better the process uh, becomes. And there's efficiencies uh, in time. There's efficiencies in cost. Um, because each of them are putting their professional input. But we found that our role is to assume the quarterback position, if you will, and and let each of those professionals do what they're good at, but serve the client as the liaison to keep everything moving in tandem yes. and moving efficiently. Yes, I love that because that's really where your clients love you and where you provide value is you're not just the builder or the general contractor. You really are leading that team because there are so many different moving parts, but they all, I think you used the analogy of the orchestra, you know, they yeah, all the have to be yeah. working together to make beautiful music. That's right. <laughs> make, build yeah. a beautiful home. For sure. And there, um, there is something cool about the harmony when you, you do get the right team and, and things are working together to, to visioneer this beautiful project on a great piece of land and, um, for everybody to assemble together to make those clients' dreams come true yes. and, and their ultimate vision. So we were talking earlier before the show about um, house plans, you know, mm-hmm. and I think any of us who have any interest in real estate at all have spent time online, you know, dreaming about, you know, our dream home and the and the perfect plan. And sometimes clients will come to you, you know, with a plan in mind as, as sort of a first step. But we were talking about um, the advantages of you know, well, it's okay to th- think about that. Um, talk a little bit about buying land and plans and how sometimes it might be better to do it a different way. Yeah, absolutely. So in in the same vein, what we were just talking about assembling the team, um, in the custom world, I think there's something special to be said about um, leveraging into your real estate agent to find a beautiful piece of land. And when you assemble your team to have the builder work uh, walk the property, rather, with yes. the architect. And it, there's something special about having the opportunity to do that and design something to fit the piece of property. And um, it, not to sound um, not hokey, I guess, but, <laughs> but uh, it really, the land will speak to you and kind of to the team and the, and the visionaries. And, and not that you can't take a design plan and it will work extremely well on a lot. Yes. Not to say that doesn't happen. We do that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, especially on the bigger parcels where you have a lot of autonomy. But it's just really cool when you can go out and read, like design the house specifically for uh, the view or the sunset, sunset, right, or a a beautiful like specimen tree or something something special or even, quite frankly, the topography. Mm -hmm. Um, Which is a big deal in North Atlanta especially. Absolutely. uh, So making the, the house work with the land. Um, so again, you know, it's, it's, that's really cool in the custom world to have the opportunity to be able to do that. Um, and, and it's more of a challenge on the smaller footprint lots and, and even I think more so important to, to acquire that lot and really make that plan be designed specifically for that. Yes. And that's true. You know, we're 
in some of the closer in areas, you know, whether you're in town or, you know, the closer you get to 400, that's as land is becoming more and more scarce and people are making the decision between, you know, do I want to go farther out and get more land or do I really, I'm really set on this location. You're having to sort of select what land is available and then work the house to fit it. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Okay. So reach out to your agent. Um, agents can often help, you know, vet the builders, talk mm-hmm. to other clients who've worked with that builder. And then, and, off, and I know you have architects and, and, mm-hmm. and designers and the teams that you work with that you can recommend, have the client interview and assemble your team. Um, and then what are, we talked about cost and mm-hmm. how, you know, I get the question all the time. Um, for resale and for new construction, well, what's the cost per yeah. square foot? And that's a loaded question and not easy to answer. But if someone were to a- ask you, hey, Austin, you know, what's what's the price per square foot or cost per square foot of new right. construction in North Atlanta right now? How would you answer that question? Yeah, we're guaranteed to be asked that question within the first 60 seconds of a phone call. <laughs> so right. um, You've answered it once or twice. Yeah, once or twice. Yeah. So, it, it, I mean, it's an important question and um, we do our best to explain it to people in the going back to the semi-custom versus custom mm-hmm. and you you can take five different 5000 square foot plans that are different architectural styles and they'll all cost out different. Mm-hmm. So if they're costing out different then you back into a square footage cost and the square footage costs are different. So it's it's really really challenging to pin down over a phone call without seeing a tangible set of plans without seeing what the client's vision is. So mm-hmm. let's use the car analogy. Yes. You know, people call in, what's the, what, we want to build a 5,000 square foot home and, um, you know, what's the, what's the cost per square foot? It's a great question. So are we going to go drive on to the Range Rover lot or are we going to go to Chevrolet? And then when we get to Chevrolet, are we going to look at like the base model Tahoe or do you want to go up to the LTZ Tahoe with screens and leather and heated seats? Or do we want to go to the Cadillac Escalade? So. (laughs) It's really important for us, and we find that clients find value once we meet with them and they show us, okay, I love these 20 pictures. Here's my pin board from Pinterest. Here's my house page. Like people, they're loaded up with, I mean, there's so much information and so many beautiful things out there at our fingertips that people have the, they have the data, right? So it's our job to interpret that and then figure out how to quantify that for them in a budget. And, and I actually encourage people, I'm like, we want you to vet other builders because you'll either find somebody that you trust more so than us. Hopefully it's us. And that's okay, but it'll also affirm you. It'll either affirm that we we do what we say and our product is of great quality because you're you're speaking directly to our client or the other person that you're speaking to is the same experience, that it's great quality. And it's okay. And we just trust that who, who we're supposed to build for, we will. But it's, I just encourage people, it's really important to put that team together. Um, so in our instance, we can get involved and have conversations with the architect to guide the conversations. Because I know two things. People want to stick to their budget, mm. always. Yes. And people want it to take less time than more, always, yes. right? So <laughs> Well, that's the, you know, if you hear of any complaints about home building, it's, you know, we went over budget and we didn't close on yeah, the time we right. thought we would. And yeah. so... How, what are some things that you do that help clients avoid falling into that trap? Yeah, I think that we emphasize how important the planning process is. Um, getting started early 
mm-hmm. having multiple conversations, uh, sharing a vision. If they have a designer involved, lots of conversations with a designer and and letting the clients work with those professionals to cast a vision. And so we have a process that we walk people through where we they're investing um, time and money in each of those professionals. And there's a step-by-step process that you can go through and pause at certain areas and gather the data and look at it and see if we're everybody's on track. Mm-hmm. And I think it often gets um, overlooked, if I may say that, that like it is so important to do that planning process and the due diligence up front. It actually makes the rest of the process more efficient. So a lot of times there's there's an anxiousness to get started, like, hey, we're ready to go, ready Let's to go. Yeah. But truly that part of the land acquisition with your agent, designing the plan, collaboration with your general contractor and, and the designer with the architect and the general contractor, like all of that front end work and diligence um, truly does set the tone for the rest of the project. And and it's, you know, it's a year long It'd be plus minus year long marriage, so it's it's extremely important to put that effort in up front on the front end. Yeah. Um, so that answered one question: new construction, new custom build. You know, call it a million, million five, mm-hmm. and North Fulton, for example, we're looking at about twelve months. Is that still the the timeline? Yeah, I mean, we always want to adopt the Disney principle where you overpromise, right? Mm-hmm. And and people are happy when or you underpromise. Move in. Underpromise, oh, underpromise, yeah. overpromise, over That's right. <laughs> right. Thanks for correcting me in that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so underpromise. But it, in all seriousness, a lot of loans are based on twelve month cycles, so um, it's important to include that in timing. There's some lenders that will go more than twelve months, mm-hmm. and and there's grace periods and renewals. But um, you try to hit that twelve month mark, but that planning process is not a part of that. That's it, once you right break once ground. you once you break ground. Mm-hmm. And um, we've had houses of the same size we could do in ten months, um, and then we've had houses take fourteen months, sure. and that could be uh, material delays. That could be um, you know selections. That could be the client calling an audible on a tile selection and then reordering that and it's a special order. Yeah, it could be a number of things, but we just assure people it's okay. Like do what you want, get, get what you want and understand where we're at in the process. And, and we, we work really hard to try to have those conversations ahead of time. So we're buffering that time to give people time. If there is some reason they may make a different decision. Sure. Um, So uh, 12 months from breaking ground to, to finish, give or take, not being locked to a specific date, but you said something earlier about um, the efficiency of it. You know, be tell me what you. Yeah, no. yeah. So, um, what we encourage is to not hurry. Um, you know, we we pride ourselves in in serving our clients well, and that's that's our heart. And I think, honestly, just being transparent made the mistake of, of trying to hurry things along to keep it moving to, to make people happy. But what, what happens is in hurry, like it's not as good and whole as if you were to be efficient. Yeah. So I encourage people to say, hey, let's take the posture of hurry and replace it with efficiency. Let's be efficient and keep things moving but don't hurry because hurry leads to anxiety and, and misunderstandings. And then, you know, and frankly, and- yeah, frankly, something can fall through the fall through the cracks, if right. you will. 
uh, in hurry. So we want to be efficient with our time and keep the ball moving and create a process and a schedule. And enjoy the process and not be tied to an arbitrary date. That's exactly Mm -hmm. right. So in in the bigger custom homes that we do, we track benchmarks. So, um, you know, if if you're looking at day in and day out, it'll wear yourself out as far as the client's perspective, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, the plumber is supposed to be here today. Well, his car (laughs) broke down, you know, or something happens. But it's big benchmarks, okay? We're going to be into, uh, we're going to finish framing and have a roof on by this date we're going to be in insulation and go into drywall by this date. And those benchmarks, I think, help people in bigger blocks understand that the process is, it's going to ebb and flow, but they have, as long as you're tracking on those benchmarks, they see that you're making progress and they take a deep breath and and track along with that, right? Yeah. So, and, and like you said, enjoy the process a little bit more. Is it possible to answer the cost per square foot number or range that you've seen people spending, your clients spending in the last year or so? So, um, yes, it is. (laughs) I won't hold you to it. We won't hold you to it. You know, it's really interesting with the cost of the basis in land around here. We haven't talked about land yet. The land's gotten so expensive that it's inflating everything, right? right? So people are often like, why does this house cost so much? It's like if you strip away the land basis from that, okay, it's a little bit more understandable. And then COVID has, is a whole nother curveball with yeah, price of goods and framing. Um, but we used to be able to tell people like, okay, for a nice bungalow or farmhouse, um, we did one a few years back for actually a family member. It was 2,900 square feet on a basement, cute little bungalow. It was really nice details. And uh, we were just under $200 a square foot. Wow. Now, in the same year, we built a house that was plus 350 a square foot. And so um, in custom homes, usually, I mean, truthfully, you should expect not to pay under 250 a foot. Yeah. It could go up to 350 or 400. Um, but I, I often tell people, I'm like, it's actually, it's a great question. I need to answer your question. But it's not really fair to you for me to answer that fully. I will give you an answer without context. Are we going to go to Range Rover or are we going to go to Chevrolet? Right. Like we need an understanding can, of what kind of finishes they're accustomed to or think they want in their new home. And, that's exactly yeah. right. So if we can cast that vision mm-hmm. together and talk through it and look at a couple plans that you like or pictures of houses and get a, a vision, then we can zero in a little bit better on that general range. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's it's interesting because, you know, in this area, in the Alpharetta area, starter homes are not $250,000 anymore. <laughs> they are not. <laughs> no, and it's it's fascinating because everything is tracked up. And, yeah. and hopefully some of that will come down once things settle down with COVID and the repercussions of supply chain and the cost of goods. Mm-hmm. We'll see some of that come down. But but uh, land costs will That's right. That's your rise. world. In land costs, you see it's <laughs> it's just with the demand, it just keeps going up. Um, in a In a say a new home community, not a custom home per se, but in a new home community in Alpharetta or Milton, what percentage of the retail price is the land generally these days? So if, if a home is on the market for a million five, say, what percentage of that was probably the land cost to the developer? In, a, in an existing neighborhood? It's yeah. really hard to say, yeah, honestly, Rhonda, because, line. well, it, it depends on their data acquisition. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we've I've done a couple of developments in Alpharetta. Well, we started one in 2017. So here's an example. 
2017, when we were going to dwell on Canton, mm-hmm. um, we built three houses in there. There were ranch houses around town, like 1950s ranch, your grandma's house, right? That right. you could get one for what, 230, 250? Sure. Yeah. And we're like, wow, 250 for that. And now there's people paying five, <laughs> six hundred mm-hmm. for the for same the thing, <laughs> you know, three years later, four years later. Mm-hmm. So um, I think it's a great example of how the basis has just gone up yes. and it bleeds over and as you go north. So in 2016, mm-hmm. when we uh, were building up in Dawsonville, like they were just developing that whole outlet area and mm-hmm. the new Kroger. And and if you go up there now, it's like, wow, it's a whole it's different whole world. Different. So yeah. So as the land prices have gone up from Alpharetta and Milton, and then it bleeds into Cherokee, it bleeds into Forsyth, all the way up to Dawson. So you're seeing a appreciation in uh, rising costs on land basis all the way up. All but, the way around. Mm-hmm. That's great. So where do you see things headed for 2021? I know you're off to a great start already this year. Or any predictions for where we're headed? I mean, uh, it's it's so fascinating that this last year. I mean, who would have thought we would have went through all of that? And who would have thought that demand would be as high as it is, right. even with prices going up? And um, I think people really seeing the appreciation of their home and the value of their home and family. Yes. Um, Not the the monetary value, but... Correct. The, yeah, spending exactly. time with family and exactly. being home and, 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 and the importance of where you live. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Because we, we've been there for mm-hmm. a few months now. <laughs> um, but it's just fascinating what's happened. And so we sat in on some uh, economic forecasting meetings with uh, lumber and different supply goods. And they were predicting that in Jan- this was last fall, that in January, that prices would trickle down. They would tick up in spring, which they always do with mm-hmm. the market going back up. Mm-hmm. And then they would descend into the fall of 2021. But uh, prices started to go back down and then they shot right back up first of the year. Because I think that there's still companies and manufacturers that are dealing with supply chain issues mm-hmm. uh, with staff being out for COVID reasons or mm-hmm. family reasons. Mm-hmm. And so the market just hasn't called up and the demand keeps mm-hmm. going up. So I don't know. I wish I had a glass ball and could say, <laughs> hey, you know, everybody hold out. In June, it's going to be great. But I, we just don't know. Mm-hmm. And so we can only hope that um, that as this vaccine rolls out and things get more normalized in our society, that people get back to work, manufacturing will go up, and that, that the cost that was the supply can go up, the prices will soften some. Yes. Yeah. That's great. All such great information. Anything else you think you'd want to share with any of our listeners who are considering building a custom home? How to re- how to find you? Your website? Your yeah. Um, I again, I just encourage everybody to assemble that team. Right, like yeah. when you're thinking about doing a true custom home, ask yeah. a lot of questions and talk to past clients, and mm-hmm. um, don't hurry. Just do your due diligence up yes. front, and it'll be a great project. And um, so for us, you can find us on Instagram. Okay. Um, I've got a great new person on the team, Sarah, who's doing a great job with our Instagram. I have not been posting lately, so she's doing a great job with that from our uh, portfolio. But And is that so, at New River? Yeah, that's building? at New River Building Co. Okay, and at New River Building Co. At okay. New River Building Co. We're on Facebook, okay. New River Building Company, and on the web at www.newriver.build. Newriver.build. All right. Awesome. Well, that's all great information. Thank you so much for being here today and 
hopefully we'll be building one together soon. Yeah, that'd be awesome. All right. Thank Love you. To do it. Thank you, Rhonda. Well, thanks so much for listening. We certainly hope this was helpful for you. Feel free to use the contact information in our show notes to reach out to Austin and to New River Building Co. And we'll see you back next week for a new episode of The Real Deal with Rhonda.